You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a action-packed show for you today. There's something about the Milwaukee Brewers, a little NBA news, and uh, a shout-out to uh, a great. Uh, but, Danny, first to the Milwaukee Brewers and where they have actually been bounced out of the playoffs. They have been el- officially eliminated from playoff contention. The Philadelphia Phillies actually advances to the playoffs, Danny. Uh, this is even after uh, a victory by uh, the Milwaukee Brewers and uh, where Renfro actually um, uh, walked off uh, or helped the Brewers walk off, man. Uh, Danny, this is a pitiful state. The Brewers had it going for the first 50 games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh first 50 games it was actually the best 50 games uh 50 game start uh in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And so we thought okay this might be the time that the Milwaukee Brewers actually not only go to the playoffs but they actually advance deep into the playoffs deeper than what they did last year. And Danny, uh, we were fooled by the first 50 games. Mm-hmm. A whole lot happened in the course of the season where uh, the Brewers went on a little slump here. Uh, but then ultimately they traded away uh, Hader and and um, they actually, uh, in a sense, kind of got rid of uh, Locaine. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, man. Uh, and so that m- may have done something to the locker room. Uh, and, and everything, and unfortunately, the the Brewers, uh, for the first time since 2017, will not be in the playoffs. Danny, I have to say this, man. You know, and we we talked about it off off the mic and everything about the Milwaukee Brewers. They just didn't have no offense for me, man. Yep. They didn't have no pop of the bat, nothing. And to provide some stats here, the team leader in batting average. Hunter Renfro and his batting average was 257. I'm gonna let that sink in. Now, Danny, we come from an era in collecting cards and everything, and where your Kirby Puckets, your mm-hmm. Wade Boggs, man, these these cats were way well above 300, batting above 300 consistently, yes, consistently year after year after year. You mean tell me 257 batting average is leading your team? 98 ribbies by uh, Willie Adams uh, on base percentage was led by Kristen Yelich at 355 hits led by Yelich at 143 home runs 34 led by Rowdy Tellez uh, first baseman. I'm just saying this, Danny, when you compare those stats to the stats of let's just say hmm, the St. Louis Cardinals who actually won a division. Pa Ghost, Ghost Schmidt, 
batting average at 319. 35 home runs by Paul Goldschmidt. 114 ribbies by Paul Goldschmidt. On base percentage, 406, Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> Hits, 178, Paul Goldschmidt. Come on, man. You kidding me? So when you look at that and you look at the offense, the amount of offense that the St. Louis Cardinals had mm -hmm. versus the Milwaukee Brewers, there's something wrong here. And I think during the offseason, the Brewers are going to have to address basically their their bats. I don't know if it's the hitting coach that needs to go. I, I don't know what needs to change, but something stank. And what stank is that batting average by the Milwaukee Brewers, Danny. <laughs> uh, Andrew McCutcheon, batting average, uh, 237. Ooh. <laughs> Rowdy Tellez, 219. Andrew, uh, I mentioned Andrew McCutcheon. I already mentioned Hunter Renfro, who led the team in 257. Ironically enough, they actually did good uh, in terms of the amount of runs per, per game. Uh, when you rank them against the rest of the league. Uh, but the batting percentage sucks. Mm -hmm. um, and so, Danny, I, it's frustrating because you want to see a team improve constantly year after year, try mm -hmm. to make their way into the play playoffs and advance in the playoffs round by round. Milwaukee Brothers, Brewers just wasn't doing it, man. So uh, back to the drawing board, what say you? For them, how hot they started, Scott, it was World Series or bust at the beginning when they started off hot. And But everyone knew the bats were an issue. Mm -hmm. Even though they were on, they started off as high as they did, they still were struggling to get runs in and be consistent. And obviously that showed, it reared his ugly head this past weekend against the Miami Marlins, who had nothing to play for. And they took three or four. When you you take three of those games, come on, man. You at least make the playoffs, mm -hmm. which generates revenue mm -hmm. for the Milwaukee area, mm -hmm. uh, has people working, so on and so forth. So, a lot of blown opportunities here, and this was tough just to watch. And I'm curious now, not only the hitting coach, but what do they do with Council? Do they give him a pass because he is the all-time leader in wins as a manager? Do they give him another year to see if he can rectify the situation and bring in some people to fix the offense? Pairing with the general manager, Stearns, bringing in some offense, some mm -hmm. bats. Mm -hmm. I don't know what flexibility they have because of Yelich's contract. And they have... Corbin Burns, who's a free agent, I'm not sure if they're going to resign him or not. So they have a lot of big decisions this offseason, which it could pivot, go bad, or they can still be competitive. Mm -hmm. So you want to stay competitive. You're in a, a small market, and this was a golden opportunity. They let slip through their fingers this year. And I'm curious what they do now, man. They have a lot of big decisions this offseason. And obviously the fans will be watching because to fall apart the way they did and watch St. Louis do what they do every year, every year, start off a little slow, 
pick it up a little bit around July and then hit the gas in August. Mm-hmm. And they don't look back. And to have someone like Goldschmidt, what Goldschmidt put up this year is what they need Yelich to be doing as as much money as he's making. He's mm-hmm. he's the bell cow. He needs to be the one putting up those similar numbers. Cause that puts them in a bind because they're obligated to the contract. And you, like I said, watching Goldschmidt do it, he, he does being consistent and putting St. Louis in a position to do well and go far in the playoffs. So tough season. Like I said, we'll see what they do at council. I think they give him another year, see if he changes some things around on his staff and see what they do from a free agency free agency perspective and bring some bats in. And now, Danny, on to the NBA where it's preseason time. Preseason here, which means that the start of the NBA season is right around the corner. We are almost here, man. Uh, and this a whole lot of news happening over the past couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, the main one is the uh, year-long suspension of Yimei Udoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, due to uh, an inappropriate consensual relationship with a uh, staffer. Uh, and so now Joe Mazzula uh, has been named the interim uh, head coach. Uh, and Joe Mazzula, uh, 34 years old, young coach. Uh, so this is going to be really interesting to see how the Boston Celtics uh, really kind of move forward and move throughout the season, Danny. I mean, you have Malcolm Brogdon now a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have Blake Griffin, who signed with them. Gallinari obviously is hurt. ACL, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to be out most of the season, if not all of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Boston Celtics gel. Uh, obviously, with the uh, news here of Ime Udoka. Uh, but then not only that, but it's going to be interesting to see how they fare in the Eastern Conference, man, because the Eastern Conference is stacked and loaded. Mm-hmm. And so these teams going to be really wicked, man. And so... <laughs> I'm really interested to see how this really turns out, Danny. What say you? Jason, this one's tough, especially coming off a championship run and the momentum they were building coming into the season. There were some things going on with the whole KD rumors for Jalen Brown Mm -hmm. and a couple other things going on. Gallinari getting hurt in the world championships. The ACL really I think forced them to get Blake Griffin to get mm-hmm. that depth and mm-hmm. get that power, that big man they needed. Obviously Blake Griffin is not the same, but he he can give you some good minutes, uh, like 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. The big thing is though, bringing in another coach, another style. I'm assuming they're going to try to keep it as similar as possible as last year and the system they're running. But when things start happening, is that where Brad Stevens has to come down and interject and put his two cents in to make sure things are staying on the up and up? Because you have a young coach. And when things get tough or they get a, a losing streak or whatever the case may be, how do they handle that? They're also rumored to be bringing Brogdon off the bench as the sixth man mm. and having Marcus Smart start. So then... If things start happening during the season where 
Brogdon's like, hey, you know, Marcus mm-hmm. Smart isn't playing the best. I should be starting, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that internal strife and handling that and keeping it in-house because they have the team to do it again, to make it to the comp- or to the championship. I'm assuming the Bucks will come back and be rejuvenated to make that run again. But Boston has the, has the guns to hang with them. Like you mentioned, <laughs> we'll see what the Nets bring. The 76ers, Harden's in shape, Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. So with this preseason starting, you, we can at least get a, a preview of what's coming up uh, from the season and who's going to be ready to roll once the season starts. So a lot going on in Boston, man. And, yeah, we'll see how resilient they are and if this impacts them and how big it may impact them. And Danny, uh, this I know it's preseason and everything, but we gotta talk about these Lakers, man. <laughs> uh, saw last night, man, that they got blown out by thirty against the Sacramento Kings. And granted, yeah, it is preseason, mm-hmm. but you lost by thirty. You kidding me? I didn't watch the game. I just saw the ending. You know, I just saw the score. Yeah, I uh, I did see that. Uh, Anthony Davis did play. LeBron played. It was like zero for seven or something like that from the field. Yeah, 80 play, 11 points, 11 rebounds, two assists. I don't know, Danny. This experiment that <laughs> the Lakers are uh, dealing with right now, man, is is crazy. I'm hoping that they're listening to Darvin Ham. So we'll see what happens, man. What say you? Jason, a lot of this, these rumors are <laughs> reared hearing their heads right now as far as Westbrook and the trade rumors, how close the Lakers were to trading Westbrook. With all this going on, man, it's just stirring the pot. And they're veterans, but it comes to a point where that that affects you. You're already, you know, you're rumored to be traded. Now they just keep bringing it up more often, Mm -hmm. so on and so on. And Truth be told, man, that deal they had for Buddy Hield, Buddy Hield and Miles Turner for Westbrook oh, and two first round picks. You should have taken that, man. The Lakers should have taken that trade just due to it's going to be a circus with Westbrook all year long. All year long, man. And his contract. Granted, you have him for one year, and then this can be this experiment can be over. But you had an opportunity to get a shooter in Buddy Hield. To open the floor up for AD and LeBron, someone they can, you know, kick out to and knock down the three or a pull-up jumper. It's going to be one of those things everyone's going to be watching. It's the Lakers, so they're going to have the light shine on them. And if they start off slow, some things are going to, some things are going to happen. I don't know what, but something will happen with the team and a change may have to be made. The problem is you had an opportunity to get rid of Westbrook and you didn't. So I don't know what flexibility they even have to make any moves and who would even deal with them right now. So they're kind of stuck. They stuck, they man. To, they kind of have to ride it out. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis played 16 minutes. Uh, LeBron played 16 minutes. LeBron, again, over seven from the field, only four points. AD, four for nine from the field, uh, 11 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Westbrook played 16 minutes, five points. Uh, three assists, um, but with AD, he had 11 rebounds as well. So I don't know, man. Uh, 
you know the thing that always cracks me up man when the Milwaukee Bucks play the Lakers or when Giannis plays AD mm-hmm. I mean Giannis gets hyped for that game man he just straight goes off on AD all the time man mm-hmm. I think one time Giannis dropped 40 on him and it was like where was the you know where was AD you know what I'm saying <laughs> it was like what bro it's something just about his mo- about AD's motor that's just not all together there man and you got someone like Giannis who's gonna grit and grind uh and his hustle is just second to none so this is gonna be interesting I mean Patrick Beverly played 13 minutes uh eight points one for five from the field uh we got up a three um and everything so I don't know man this is gonna be interesting Scotty Pippen Jr. 15 minutes two for seven from the field four points they got some young talent that needs to be developed. Thomas Bryant, 19 minutes, five points, uh, three rebounds, man. I, they got some young talent that I think they can mold into uh, something special. But, man, I, I don't know, Danny. This is going to be interesting to see how Darvin Ham does for his first coaching gig. We all love Darvin Ham, he, what he did for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, as a player and as a coach. But, man. This is going to be a tough challenge for uh, for Darvin Ham, especially if they don't want to play no defense. And lastly, Danny, Roger Federer calls it a career. Uh, what an outstanding career. Um, 20 major titles. Man, he has uh, gone down as one of the greats. He, obviously, uh, Djokovic and Rafael Nadal have had these battles back and forth. In terms of how many people or how many championships they they won, who can be the greatest and everything. And I mean, Federer ends up with 20 major titles, 21 by Novak Djokovic, and then 22 by Rafael Nadal. Uh, ironically enough, uh, the last match of his career, uh, he partnered and in, in teamed up with Rafael Nadal, in the, and they lost to uh, some young talent <laughs> in Nadal. But nonetheless, man. A great career by Roger Federer. Kudos to you, sir, on a whirlwind uh, journey of a career. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.